So we're starting out 2012 with a series called Multiply. And uh, we really felt that this was a, a good way for us to start our year. And um, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Exodus chapter 13. I'm going to turn this off in a second if we can't figure it out. It's, no, it's off. It's brand new, so we'll work the kinks out. And once they get that up, then that sounds a lot better. Beautiful. All right, Exodus chapter 13, and we're going to start reading in, in verse 1. And, and as we go through this series together, um, and, and, and even this morning, um, if, if uh, you're taking notes, um, you, there's a spot on the back of your bulletin to do that. If you have a, a spare piece of paper, you can, can do that as well. A um, couple of quick things, too, before we do that. We have our 2012 first quarter calendar on the back table. If you'd like a, uh, the calendar, it's got all our birthdays and anniversaries. It's got all the stuff that we're doing between now and March. And then the other thing that's on there, too, that's a pretty cool tool that we put together is a 2012 prayer card. And it's got our, the village of Hilton on here as we can pray for our village. It has all of our leadership in our community from the county level all the way down to our village level. And we want to be praying for our community leaders. We're actually in February going to be inviting them all to a special service where we honor them, let them know that we're praying for them. I don't know if they'll all show up or not, but um, we're going to invite them. On the back, there's a spot for you to pray for Joe, whoever your Joe is, and giving you a couple of spots. And then also there's a spot for you to keep your prayer requests this year to say, God, I need you to answer this prayer. And then there's a line for when it gets answered. Because we believe that God answers prayer. And, and I think it will be powerful for you to be able to take this and look at it and say, I prayed for, for Joe or I prayed for this person's healing or I prayed for this need financially in my family's life. And this is when God answered it. It's a good thing to have that documented. So these are on the back table for you. Go ahead and grab those. Um, so we're in Exodus chapter 13. And I want you to, to stay with me just because it's a, an Old Testament-y uh, section of, of the Bible. Um, don't tune me out this morning. Um, we'll get to the New Testament in, in just a little bit. Um, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your presence in this place. We thank you, God, for your word. Lord, we ask that you would be glorified, that you would, uh, you would be first in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So that verse in, in 1 Corinthians uh, 13, you guys are going to have to stay with me on the slides because I'm not controlling them from up here. Exodus chapter 13, verses 1 and 2. It says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Consecrate to me all the firstborn, Whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of men and beast, it is mine. Then look at verses 12 uh, and 13. That's the next, the next slide there. And, and I want you to pay attention to something. Um, words like shall be uh, or belong to the Lord. It says, then you shall set apart to the Lord all that open the womb, that is, every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have, the males shall be the Lord's. But every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. And if you do not redeem it, if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. In other words, if you don't do this, 
you're going to lose it anyway. And uh, we're going to talk about this in a moment, but what we wanted to, to grab a hold of this morning, the truth that I believe God has for us, as this applies to our lives, and specifically as it applies to our finances, the principle is this, if you will not give it to the Lord, you will lose it anyway. So let's keep going. And all the firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. Now again, I know that this is, this is Old Testament, yeah, I understand that, but when we talk about the principle of the first and about giving our first to God, um, we need to understand that. And so the point, here's point number one, um, if you are taking notes, uh, this, is, this is the point, if you are not taking notes, take notes. Um, point number one is this, as my iPad There. Point number one is this. The firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. The firstborn, firstborn must be sacrificed or, or redeemed. And let me give you the difference between the two, and we're going to talk about that for just a second. The difference between being sacrificed and redeemed. And, and again, we're in the Old Testament here, but I want you to remember 1 Corinthians 10 says that everything in the Old Testament is an example to us. It points us to the New Testament. And uh, so it was written for our instruction. And so what's the instruction in this part of the Old Testament? What is it that, that we need to see? And, and it's this, the firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. And, and you know, for us, we don't, we don't have animals anymore. We are not professional shepherds. We are not an agrarian society that, that we are farmers or, or ranchers necessarily. Um, but in this context, that was their source of income. That was how they made their living. And so if you had an animal that was considered clean, then you sacrificed the firstborn of it. If it was a, a sheep, uh, something that was considered a, a clean animal, you sacrificed the firstborn. If it was considered an unclean animal, uh, a donkey was an unclean animal, um, then you had to redeem it with the sacrifice of a clean animal if you wanted to keep it. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but um, this is just one of those kind of weird things when we, when we think about why would God want us to do something like that? Why would God ask them to, to sacrifice the life of a living thing for us to be able to, to, to live right? Um, you know, it, it's not that God just wanted animals to be killed and there's some weird dark side to God. Um, but here's the principle again, that everything in the Bible, everything in God's word points to Jesus Christ. And this is a powerful thought. I want you to catch this and, and think about this because maybe you've never thought about it this way before. When we think about the firstborn having to be, if it's clean, sacrificed. If it's unclean, it had to be redeemed. Um, so let me ask you a question, and it's okay for, for us to talk in church today, uh, I, because I, I want feedback on this one, and, and it's, it's not that hard of a question. When you were born, were you born clean or unclean? Unclean. David says that we were all born in our sin. The scripture says that, that we all are sinners, that, that we are all born with that sin nature. And the, the first way that you can tell is when you look at our kids. Do you have to teach your kids to be bad? No. no. It's just in there. 
And, you know, and, 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 and it's not something that, that we have to say, okay, now here, let me tell you how to lie. And let me tell you how to be mean to your brother or to your sister. Or let me teach you how to steal. Or how, let me teach you how to, to say angry, hurtful things. We don't have to teach our kids how to do that. They, whether they learn it on the bus or they learn it uh, in the neighborhood, or they, it's, it's, it's built in to us. We are born unclean. Now let me ask you another question. Jesus Christ, was he born clean or unclean? He was born clean. Now think about this. Because David says that we're all born in sin. We're born sinners. Jesus was born clean. We are born unclean. Listen to the principle. The clean had to be sacrificed so that the unclean could be redeemed. What we just read in Exodus 13 is, is what that is all about. If you have an unclean animal, an offspring then has to be redeemed. It has to be redeemed by the sacrifice of an animal that was clean. And so we were unclean and Jesus, who was clean, had to be sacrificed to redeem us. All the way through the scripture, God's talking about this. And so um, we're going to talk today about giving our first to God, and we're going to relate it to finances in, in this series as we go through uh, Multiply. And we're going to talk about this um, because Jesus talked about finances. Jesus talked about money a lot. And, and so for us to try to say, well, you know, that's not something that we should, you know, talk about. That's a personal thing. And, and finances are something that, that people are awkward and uncomfortable about. And, and, you know, a lot of people have these, these misconceived ideas of what churches are like and that churches are all about getting into my wallet and, and getting my money. Um, we are not about that here at LifeQuest. But what we are about is saying, what is it that God says in his word and how do we apply that to our lives? So we don't, if we don't learn how to handle finances from the Bible, where are we going to learn it? Um, so think about this. Jesus was sacrificed so we could be redeemed. Jesus is God's best. Jesus is God's first. And God gave Jesus to us to die for us in our place in, in hope or, or in faith that we would at some point in our lives give our lives back to him. Now he didn't do that waiting for us to get our lives figured out. He gave the gift before we ever thought to give our lives to him. It says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait for us to straighten up our lives to get the world in order and then give Jesus. He gives Jesus before anyone even believes in him. He gives Christ to the world as a sacrifice so that the firstborn, the firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. And we, we celebrate this and we, we get this in, in lots of different ways when we think about being, putting God first in our lives. It, one of the ways that we do that is we're actually here, right here, giving God the first day of our week, right? Uh, the, the, the Jewish tradition 
has the Sabbath on Saturday, which is the seventh day of the week. It's the end of the week. You work your six days and then you rest. But the early church, they moved the Sabbath off of Saturday onto Sunday because it was the first day of the week. It was also the day that Christ rose. And so as, as believers, uh, the Sunday became the day that they, they gathered together to worship. Um, it was giving the first of their week. So when we begin our week with God, the rest of our week is blessed. When we begin our day with God, the rest of your day is blessed. When you give the first portion of your finances to God, the rest is blessed. So that's point number one. That's that principle. The firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. Here's the second one. The first fruits must be offered. The first fruits, and I'm putting uh, the word must in here because it's important for us to understand if we're going to walk under the blessing of God, it's, it must be offered. And so we stay right here in Exodus 13, um, but we're going to come back to it. And I want to read um, a couple of other scriptures that point to this idea of, of our first fruits being offered to the Lord. But I want to show you a video before we get there. And this video is powerful, and it doesn't necessarily tie in to money, but it absolutely ties into our lives and how we live our lives as Christians. And, and so I want you to, to take a look at this, this video clip. off the team, whatever, you know, just there's so much instability, so much that we don't understand, that, that we don't know. For me, growing up, it was, uh, a lot of you guys know, my mom died giving birth to me, and my dad remarried, then my stepmom died in a car accident when I was nine, then my dad got married again, then my dad died of cancer when I was 12, and so I'm in junior high, my mom's dead, my stepmom's dead, my dad's dead. The only close relatives I had were my, my aunt and uncle, George and Sandra. And then when I was in high school, they got in a fight, and my uncle George shot and killed my aunt, and then stuck the gun to his own head, killed himself. So I'm 16 years old, and this is life to me, going, man, what's next? Everything seems to be falling apart, and we get a little worried, we get a little scared. And this is what Christians do, you know, they try to serve God, but then things get a little rocky. And things get a little unstable. And so we go, okay, that was nuts. I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't want to live like that. Let me, uh, let me hold on. And this is your routine. This is what so many people do. They go, you know what? I'm not going to try anything crazy. I'm just going to sit here. And uh, I'm just going to hold on. And uh, this is what you look like. You just go... Uh, this is what people do. You know what? I'm just going to have my nice little family. We're just going to... Um, you know, we're just going to keep to ourselves. We're going to live in a gated community. I'm going to homeschool my kids, make them wear helmets everywhere. I'm going to, um, you know, I'm not going to let them outside because sun has bad rays. I'm going to, um, you know, just on and on and on. And you just live your life in the safety of, I don't want to do anything crazy for God. I just, I just want to, you know, go to church on Sundays and maybe give like 2%. Um, and uh, maybe serve, help the nursery, because I feel guilty. And then you do this your whole life, and then you, you go, your greatest prayer is like, God, you know what, I would love to die in my sleep and not even feel it, and then just go up to heaven. And so you want to die like this. 
just in your sleep, ooh, right in the middle of a dream, good dream, the dream you're going to heaven and you don't even feel it, and then suddenly you wake up, you stand before the judge, and you go... Now, if... Uh, could you imagine... Could you imagine watching the Olympics? You know? And some girl does that, just gets up there, starts straddling the thing, and then steps off and goes... <laughs> what is the judge supposed to do on the card? You see, and to me, I go, man, that's the routine that so many Christians are headed for. That's the routine, the boring, I do nothing crazy because I don't want to fall. I, I, that's the routine that they're going to live, and then one day it's going to be a shock because they're going to step off that balance beam and realize they're standing before the judge. They're standing before the judge, and you think he's going to look at that routine and go, wow, well done. Well done. You live the safest life possible. You didn't slip. You didn't fall. See, that's not the life that God's called us to. That's where the majority will head. But I don't want to go where the majority goes. I don't want to live my life in that try to be as safe and, and you know, put helmets on my kids everywhere and in, in, even in, in my giving to, that, to be generous in my giving, to say, God, what is it that you want me to give? And, and again, I, I want to say to this, this family, thank you. Um, you guys are amazing givers. And the fact that we were even able to do all of this was out of your faithfulness and your generosity to say, you know what, we, we can do this better. And, and I, I remember when, when we were going through the path to the future process and how do we get the money to do what we needed to do. And, and, and we didn't know if it was all going to come in or not. And God showed up in an amazing way. And even after we had met the goal, people were still giving. And, and I just want to say thank you for that. Um, so let's look at, uh, Exodus 23, are we at 23, 19? There we go. The first fruits. And, and again, notice I'm putting the emphasis on the word must here because it's important for us to walk under the blessing of God. If we want God's blessing, it must be offered. And look at what it says. In Exodus twenty three nineteen, it says, "The first of the first fruits of your land, you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God." And look at the next uh, verse. This is Proverbs chapters, uh, Proverbs chapter three, verses nine and ten. And again, it's the first of your first fruits. It says, "Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase." so that your barns will be plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. 
Now, I want to take this back to our, the firstborn again for just a moment, and then we'll relate it to first fruits. And uh, God said that when your animal has a baby, whatever it is, you are to sacrifice the first one. Now, think about this. That takes faith. Because God didn't say, wait until the animal has had ten offspring and then offer God the tenth. He said, give me the first one and then the rest will be blessed. Let's look at um, the next verse there. Genesis chapter 4, we'll get to that in just a second. And this is something about tithing that I think people um, maybe don't understand. Um, It is a 10%. The Bible says that our tithe is 10%. God put the 10th in there. But um, I think it's powerful that God didn't give a specific number. Like everybody has to give $100,000. Because there are some people who could never give $100,000. And some people who could give way more than $100,000. God gave 10% as the number that he set aside to be his. Because it evens the playing field. Everyone can pay or, or offer or to give or bring 10%. Whether you're rich, whether you're poor. It levels the playing ground. So yes, it's 10%. But... What's important for us to know is that it's the first 10%. um, Because it takes faith to give the first 10% and then pay your bills. Rather than paying your bills and see if you have enough left over to give to God. And we need to understand this about, about God. God will always be first. He is first whether you put him first or not. Um, and when you think about the attributes of God, uh, this is the, the preeminence of God. That he is above all, he is higher than all, he is first of all. God is always first. And the principle is all throughout scripture. And, and it's amazing when you read the Old Testament and you see the, their lives, even in when they went to the promised land to conquer the, the, the land of Canaan, they went to what city first? Anybody know? What city did they get to first? Crossed over the Jordan River. What's the first city they came to? Jericho, Jericho, right. What did God say to them about Jericho? Walk around it, right? Everybody's seen Veggie Tales, and you walk around it and watch out for the slushies to fall from the, the wall. But he said something specific, not just about walking around the wall. What did he say about the stuff that was inside? Flowing with milk and honey was a beautiful land. But what specifically about the stuff inside Jericho? Don't take it. It's mine. God said, he didn't say go into Canaan, conquer all of the cities. And after you've conquered 10, give me what's left over. He said, this first city is mine. And if you take anything from it, you will be cursed. And they were. Achan decided that he could just skim a little bit off and, and hide it in his tent. And then when they went to go fight the next battle in the next city, they got their butts handed to them. They got, they got just pounded on. And then they were like, what in the world is going on? And then it became clear somebody had not done what God had said. God said, this city's mine. The first is mine. It's all throughout scripture. I, 
I remember uh, a friend of mine was telling a story about when he was in Bible college and they, the professor was uh, teaching and, and one time a student asked this question about why did God accept Abel's offering but he didn't accept Cain's offering. And the professor looked at him and, and he was expecting this profound and deep answer and the professor said, you know, I don't know. And, and I know for those of you that are, uh, have gone to school and, and have met professors, to be able to, to hear a professor actually admit that they don't know all about all, uh, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with this professor. Um, but I want to look at this because I, I think that was a great answer, but I also think uh, that we cannot understand the concept or the principle uh, of, of tithing unless we understand the principle of firstborn and first fruits, And it goes all the way back to Genesis. And, and the only way that you can understand God uh, and why God accepted Abel's, but he didn't accept Cain's, remember the firstborn, the first fruits you give to God. And so let's read this in, in Genesis chapter 4. Go back to, to the scripture verse there, guys. Um, yeah, stop there. This is important. Look at how it says it there. Uh, it says, and in the process of time. That's important. In the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Notice it does not say that Cain brought his first fruits to the Lord. It says that in the process of time, as he was harvesting, he brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. And now, and then it goes on and it says, Abel also brought the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. There it is. Abel is a rancher. He brings the firstborn of his flocks. Cain is a farmer and he doesn't bring his first fruits. He just gives an offering of what he wants when he wants, on his own terms. It's not the first of the harvest Cain then brought an offering to the Lord. It's in the process of time Cain brings what he thinks might be acceptable to God. And God looks at Cain's sacrifice and he says, I can't accept that. I won't accept that. And again, we're hitting another attribute of God uh, to understand this because uh, there are things that God can't do. It's, it's one of those things I know we always love, the whole like, thing of, of well, you know, well, God can do anything. God is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. There isn't anything that God can do, and you get people who want to play the game, well, if God can do anything, can he make an immovable rock and all of that crazy stuff that, that we do. But there's, an, there's a powerful thing that we need to understand about God. There is, there is something that God can't do. God can't change. God is perfect. If God could change, it means that God could get better. And he can't get better. He is the best. He's perfect. God can't change. And you know, for us, we, we've never thought of it like that. Here's another one. God, God doesn't think the way you and I think. The scriptures say that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Um, I think it's amazing that the scriptures never say anything about God saying, you know, it occurred to me the other day. God doesn't think the way that we think. It's part of his omniscience, the fact that he knows 
everything. He knows it all at once. He's outside of time. He sees it at all at the same time. So when we think about that, we, God, God doesn't think the way that we think, and he cannot change. Um, so God can't accept an offering that's not first because of his preeminence. He is first, and so what we bring to him must be our first. And that's why he didn't accept Cain's sacrifice, his offering. And he did accept Abel's. So please, again, understand that we can give at any time that God speaks. We can bring uh, an offering. But if we don't bring our first to God, we are not following the scriptures that God clearly throughout the entire Bible says, this is how I want it to work. Um, Firstborn, first fruits. All right, now the tithe must be first. Look at what it says in uh, Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30. It says, And all the tithe of the land, whether it be of the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. It is set apart to the Lord. And when we understand this idea of firstborn, first fruits, um, it's, it's the exact same language that he gave in Exodus it's the exact same language. It's, it's, it's that whole same section. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, you talk to people and you talk about tithing and people get uncomfortable and they say, that's an Old Testament thing. We don't have to tithe anymore because we are no longer under the law. We're under grace. And, and so they say that that was a, an Old Testament thing. Well, I want you to understand something. That tithing was before the law. Tithing goes all the way back to Genesis, to the garden. Think about this. When you think about the garden, God made the garden. It was beautiful. And then he set Adam and Eve in the garden. And what's the one thing that he told them? Don't touch this tree. It's mine. God will be first. He must be first. And we didn't honor that instruction. And... Here we are. Um, Jacob tithed 400 years before the law. Abraham tithed uh, four or 500, actually more like uh, Abraham, 100 years old, tithed uh, between four and 500 years before the law. And, and for the law, before the law, they gave 10%. Uh, and, and again, we can go all the way back to Cain and to Abel and and to the garden to show how God wants us to give, to bring our our first. He was putting stewardship into his people. He was saying, listen, the way that you steward, the way that you steward something is, is when we understand God's is first. Tithing wasn't before the law, it was after the law. Jesus himself said in Matthew 23, verse 23, that we ought to tithe. He's, he's talking to the religious leaders and he's telling them, you tithe of all these little spices, but you neglect the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, faith. But then Jesus says, this, tithing, this, you ought to do and these things. It wasn't an either or thing. 
And let me just share with you right here, right now. If this were the only verse in the Bible that talked about tithing, that would be enough for me. Jesus said, this you ought to do. Um, but it's amazing. You, know, you have people that say that you know, that was under the law. And, and so now it's bad. That's just amazing to me. The, the, the things that we say that was under the law, we don't have to do it now. Um, well, what about honor your mother and father? Do we not have to do that anymore? Or, or what about don't kill? Do, should we throw that one out too? That's law and now we're under grace. Um, Jesus said this. He said, did you know that the righteousness of grace exceeds the righteousness of the law? The righteousness of grace exceeds the righteousness of the law. This is what Jesus said. He said, you have heard it said that you shall not murder. Where did they hear that? The law. But Jesus said, but I say to you now, Jesus is full of grace. John chapter 1 says Jesus is full of grace. Jesus said, but I say to you, don't even be angry at your brother. That's farther than the law. I mean, I get not killing my brother. Sometimes I want to kill him, but I don't. But I, get, I can get ticked off at my brother and have no problem with that at all. Jesus said, you have heard it said that you shall not commit adultery. Where did they hear that? The law. But I say to you, don't even look at a woman to lust. If you have, if you have you've already committed adultery in your heart. It's farther than the law. So when someone says, Pastor, I don't give 10% because I'm not under the law, I'm under grace. I say, praise the Lord, you'll give more than 10% because grace always goes farther. It's awesome. Excited about that. So the tithe needs to be first. Let me give you an example. This is, I mean, and this is basic. Um, but if, if you came and did work at my house and it cost $1,000, and at the end of the day, when it was all done, and I broke out 10 $100 bills and paid them to you, which one of those crisp 10 $100 bills would be your tithe? The first one that leaves your hand. The first one that's spent. Um, in other words, if you go home and say, let me pay the mortgage, and let me pay my car payment, and let me pay for our groceries, and then all of a sudden find out, oh no, I don't have enough left over to pay God. Or even if you do, and you pay all of those things, and you still have your 10%, and you give it at the end, and say, God, here's your part, and you've given him the last and not the first, it's not tithing. It's giving, but it's not your tithe. God, here's the first 10% to you. Why? Because it's his. It's not ours. And, and we don't give our tithe. Catch that? Because it's not yours to give. The scriptures say that we bring our tithe into the storehouse. Bringing what is his into his house. And, and I, I want to be perfectly clear because I know that there's lots of confusion about that. Your tithe goes into the local storehouse not to a university, not to a hospital, not to a charitable organization, not to a television evangelist. Your tithe belongs in the local storehouse where you are being fed. If you give to those things, and we're not saying that you shouldn't, 
Don't consider that your tithe. That's an offering. That's an over and above thing. Every time you get paid, you take a test. Do you know that? Every time we get paid, we take a test. And the test is, who are we going to honor for our income? And we honor the first person that we give it to. So catch this. Um, Don't give your first portion to the mortgage company because the mortgage company can't bless the rest of your finances. Don't give your first portion to RG&E because RG&E can't bless the rest of your finances. Only God can do that. And I guess the question is, would you rather live on 100% of your income and have it be cursed or live on 90% of what God gives you and have it be blessed? You know, for me, I, I, I want to stand here and, and I want to sound uh, like, um, like old Forrest and say, I'm, I'm not a smart man, but I would like to be blessed. You like that? It's pretty good. I'm going to wrap up with this. Our tithe is, is one of, the, of the, the few things that God gives us in Scripture that he actually says, prove it. Test me and see if I don't come through for you in this. So if God says, I dare you to do something, you got it, double dog, triple dog dare Test me and see if I don't come through for you in this area of your life. Um, I want to issue a challenge this morning as we wrap up. I want to challenge you to do something. I want you to tithe for a year. Maybe you've never tithed before in your life. Maybe that is absolutely terrifying to you. I want to challenge you. Tithe for one year. And if at the end of 2012, you are not in a better position financially, that God has not blessed your life, we will give you your tithe back. Sound like a good deal? Trust that God, and you know why I can say that? Crazy thing, I didn't tell the guys I'm going to do this. But God's word says that if you test me in this, I will come through for you. And I believe God's word. If you will put God to the test and say, God, I'm going to trust you with my first. I'm going to bring you my first. He will bless you. If, if he doesn't, then why are we even here? What's the point? If we can't trust that God will honor what he says in his word, how do we know that anything else that's in his scripture is even true? So let's test. Let's see. I challenge you, tithe your first 10% this year. And if by December of 2012, you are in worse shape or no better, we'll give you your tithe back. The tithe belongs to God. And we have to come to the place that we give God first. Let's go back to Exodus 13, verse 14, and we'll be done. Verses 14 and 15. No, I think there should be a slide for it, right? You're going the wrong way. Nope. Keep going. 
Can't you just skip to it? Nope, keep going. Keep going. One more. Keep going. Almost there. One more. Nope. One more. There we go. Nice. I went in and added a couple slides, so I'm throwing the guys on the back all the way off. I want you to catch this. So it shall be when your sons ask you in time to come, saying, What is this that you shall say to him? By strength of hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And it came to pass that when Pharaoh was stubborn about letting us go, that the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beasts. Therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord all males that open the womb, but, on, but all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. When we tithe, we teach our kids who God is and that he can be trusted. And we don't just tithe because he says you should. We tithe because we recognize that he's got to be first and that he has delivered us. A, a, a good friend of mine, he talks about the whole idea of tithing. And when he says, he says, look, God has delivered me from destruction He has delivered me from addictive behavior patterns. He's delivered me from sin. He has set me free to live a life of of integrity that that honors him and pleases him. And he blesses my life. And he only asks that I give him the first 10%. And then he'll bless the 90 so that it's even more fruitful than if I had kept the 100. That sounds like a great deal to me. That, that he saved me from destruction and an eternity separated from him. And, and all he asks is my first 10%. Sign me up. Um, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your provision for us. We thank you for your blessing. Father, we thank you that you clearly... Give us your direction in your word. Father, and it's not just some obscure passage that we can kind of make it say what we want it to say, but from Genesis through Revelation, you have shown us clearly that you must be first. God, help us to put you first in our lives. Help us to put you first in our finances. Help us to put you first at the beginning of this year. Lord, we love you. We honor you. We worship you. This is your church, not ours. We live and we move and and we breathe because of you. Father, help us. Help us to honor you and to, to bring our tithes to you, our first. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, one God forever, we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to thank you guys uh, for coming. I know tithing is one of those things where people are like, oh, tithing. They're after our money again. It's not about that. Um, this week, uh, remember, uh, please it, be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about. Um, 
It is an egg Sunday. For those of you that don't know what that means, we have a, a food ministry that provides eggs uh, that we can use to take home and, or to take and, and bless our neighbors with. So before you leave, don't forget it's an egg Sunday to grab those. If you're able to stick around and help us to put all of this stuff back, uh, we could use as many hands as we can. Uh, we got emailed on Friday that the elevator was broken this weekend, so we had to lug all of this down by hand, and it all has to be carried back up by hand. Um, so if you're able to stick around and help us, we'd really appreciate it. But if not, have a fantastic blessed day. Love you guys.